Welcome to the Suburbs. I'm Kim. I'm Juice. And, and this, this is Suburban, Suburban Pod. Pod. We're just two bougie Negroes trying to figure out how to express our blackness in white spaces. Follow us on Twitter at Suburban Pod. And follow us on Instagram at Sub underscore Urban Pod. All right, enjoy. That was like our wokest slash most toxic episode. It had like everything. It really was. Yeah, I was going to ask like if we were still doing seasons. Because <laughs> I feel like we have definitely surpassed. We've taken enough breaks to where it doesn't. We're still, I guess, on a season. Yeah. I think we should just do seasons as years. And just make sure we take breaks. So we won't get burned out. I was tired as hell after recording with Thomas though. Yeah. <laughs> Bruh, I woke up. That shit was exhausting. Like, okay. <laughs> I'm going to leave this part in. Okay, so we recorded with Thomas. He came to my house at 10. And he didn't leave my house till 4. Yep. And I straight had to be at work at noon. I was so exhausted. I worked a 12-hour shift. When I got home that I know night, you, I nigga, know you was mad. <laughs> I, I wasn't mad. Not but, mad, but just like. I was like, yo, it was one of those things to where it's like, we finished the race once it's done. Like, like I'll sit back and chill. But that, that irritability the next day, like when you are finally crashing, it's like, damn, you just be thinking about how you shouldn't have stayed up so late. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I definitely shouldn't have. Done I know that. at like eight o'clock you had to be like, bro. Yeah. I was I'm like, it's like, it's about to be bad. It's about to be so bad. <laughs> oh, shit. And then I was like, uh, I was like, uh, I knew for one that by recording for like five hours, we were going to have at least two episodes. And we definitely do. Two hours each. Yeah. <laughs> And that's including the stuff that we can never release because there is stuff that we will never, ever be able to say. Mm, we got a suburban pod diary. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I was just more or less. The One good thing was I worked alone most of the day. Mm. So I was able to listen to it. And I was dying laughing listening. I was like, oh. I was, I was so nervous trying to. I was like, damn, I don't think I'm ready. <laughs> I don't think I'm ready. Like, I'm glad you broke it down because if I had to listen to the raw, bruh, it was a lot before the split. Ooh, nigga, I did like four different versions of it. I slowly edited it down. Like the first cut of the stuff, I was like, I know I can't use was like three hours. And then it was like 2.40. It was like two hours. And it was like one forty-five, And then it ended at about one forty. Mm. And I was like... Man, that was a lie. I'm, gl- I'm glad it finally happened, though. I'm glad. Um, Yo, uh, what was your favorite part of the, uh, the episode? Uh, <laughs> the Nickelback part, for sure. <laughs> um... What else was a good part? Um, 
I got like so many. The funniest part to me was when uh, in the beginning when he's talking about girls trying to talk to him and he's in a relationship. He's like, "You trifling bitch!" The way he used he said it. I have to make that sound clip, <laughs> and I'm just gonna drop it when somebody's just wilding out. You trifling bitch! <laughs> that when I when he said, "What's that thing women have?" and I said, "Ovulating." <laughs> <laughs> That's the only time I've been called a uh, son of a bitch. That was so fucking funny, like juicy son of a bitch. <laughs> you knew I wasn't saying that. <laughs> He's right, but his punk ass knew I wasn't saying that. That or when you uh said that his hat looked like it came from the uh <laughs> was it state fair <laughs> swag, but still it just got a look to it. That was like so funny that we were just like he was look. so sensitive he couldn't even accept my compliments though. Like you were kind of low key roasted him though. His outfit was cute. It was it, like he had a chill outfit. I liked his outfit. But I said something about he didn't he did not understand the dad the dad shoe trend. No, like he was just like what? Like what do you mean? I look like I look like somebody's dad in these shoes. I'm like people ain't got dads can't afford these. It's like bro, that's why I, I tried to explain like the dad cap thing. <laughs> it's like the, the dad aesthetic. The, the the parent aesthetic is fashion now. Like mom jeans. Dad shoes, it's, dad cap, and it's like, been that way for three or four years. Yeah, dad really core. Yeah, dad core has been the the, sh- the mainstream thing the last about four years. Yeah, that's when dad caps got cool. And it, like it's a uh, these are facts, but we're fashion nerds so too. Yeah, he just like what he like. Mm-hmm. So like that's the difference. Yeah, he was getting he was really. He got in his feelings about that. I'm like, calm down. I'm like, I'm, I'm, no, you don't. You don't understand. I'm like, Juice got dad shoes. Like, Juice got Converse on. Like, sir. It's like, bro. If you would just let me explain. You got a lot going on, sir. That nigga's so fucking funny, though. Uh-huh. The way he talks is what makes it so funny. Like, yeah. certain words that he'll say that wouldn't be funny. It's, a it's sip- his, his accent, too. Like, yeah. he's very, he's a, a southern ass nigga. Yeah. But he thinks he's. He think he, he's city folk. He ain't city nah, folk. Sir. Nah, but it was fun. I like, um, I like recording with friends. So, glad I finally got to get, um, get in here with y'all. Yeah. Cause that first day I was so excited Like when it, The first time he recorded with us I was so excited And then it was like Man Damn That terrible place uh, <laughs> Jim and Nick's ruined this fucking That would have been so fucking dope Cause that was a Saturday vibe too Yeah, yeah. And I was like Man I hate Kim's place of work more than her <laughs> <laughs> um, Sheesh but yeah, that episode is really funny. A lot of people are still catching up too. Yeah. So I'm waiting on people to be like, yo, y'all were in here wild. I, I haven't even um checked back on the listens. It's so many uh clips that I couldn't use because we were like we were foul mouthed as fuck. And it was epic. But it was so funny. Okay, we got that's already. more than we usually get. We'll catch up. Yeah. But yeah. That shit, we were in there wilding. <laughs> like, and that's strangely, that's the most we've talked about sex. 
and it wasn't like it wasn't like a yeah, weird it was feeling. actually an adult sex conversation or it just wasn't like it wasn't it didn't get it weird. wasn't like anybody trying to show off or like boast about anything yeah it was like just the the comedy and sex i yeah, guess yeah yeah that we can all relate to even though people try to act like they don't yeah so like it was a lot of cool things in the episode. Mm-hmm. Also, to pat myself on the back, I edited the fuck out of that episode, but it took me that you <laughs> days. Did. Probably, yeah, I believe it took you eighty six years. Oh yeah, like I wanted it to get done early, but bro, after that Saturday, and I listened to it, I was like, okay, yeah, I was, I was like, this ain't gonna come out on Thursday. There's <laughs> no way. And then I was like, I was trying to figure out the storyline without it just being like. Juice and Kim confront their bully. Yeah. <laughs> or just weird, like, random pieces that didn't really right. fit. Yeah. Even though I will say, there is a, a good 30-minute uh, part of it where me and Kim roast the fuck out of Thomas. And I didn't <laughs> use it. And that's why in the end, he was like, God damn, the roast of Thomas Glenn. Oh, my God. Like, we were going in. Yeah. But hey, we funny too, nigga. It was funny. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's the, that's why I was excited. I had to get in here and show y'all niggas <laughs> that I'm a funny bitch too. Like, hello. <laughs> that shit was fucking hilarious. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Yeah, I hope he comes back. I doubt he will, but <laughs> I don't think any of us were really were we lit. We weren't like lit lit. We were tired. Yeah, but by that last hour, I was like crashing. I was like, all right, yeah. <laughs> and he wanted to keep going. The other thing that took a long time was listening to all the sneak disses that he was giving to us. Well, mostly me. Like, just (laughs) the sneak disses that he was doing. Like, it'd be like, like the one towards the end where he was just like, oh, no, I know you sit here and take it. Talking about if uh, intervention happened. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, I would. (sighs) Yeah. Shit like that's funny to me, though. Yeah. Because I don't. I don't get as sensitive about people joking on me because I find the humor in it. It's almost like a curb your enthusiasm thing. Yeah, but that's also kind of like the nature of y'all's relationship too. Yeah, that's how that's how it's how it's been for a while. Which I mean, that's just how it is. That's yeah. how all my friendships with everybody are. Mm-hmm. Same. I'm, I'm the uh, the therapist friend, the healer friend. Yep. I'm pretty sure I said that like close to the time when we started so i'm the friend with the healing energy i'm the healer mm-hmm. in my friend group yeah that's why it's also important that like we have this for each other yeah because we're both the healer friends ooh, <laughs> taking on a lot of shit the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune <laughs> But too much. Hey, we out here though, Bruh I'm. I am glad that we also took a week off because if we recorded on Tuesday, I just kept trying to figure out what the fuck we were gonna talk about. I was like. I don't even know if I have it in me to even try to like research anything. Me neither. I don't like nothing is really jumping out at me. 
I don't even feel excited to go back. <laughs> like <Right. laughs> we just left this bitch. Not right. like we can't even call it Saturday. It was Sunday morning, bitch. Like I don't have nothing. That's a short turnaround. Cooper, come here. So yeah, I was just like, when you first hit me up, I was like, I mean, we could just to stay on, but I don't know. When I hit you up, I more or less already knew I didn't want to do. It. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> Like, because I was like, all right, I got two. I was like, worst case scenario, I could just edit two separate episodes and have this ready. And then I knew last week the presidential debate was going to happen that Tuesday. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, we'll just put off this week and then we'll talk about uh, the presidential debate the next week. And I had nothing planned that, for one, that would be as crazy as it was. Yeah. That like at first, like every debate, like the first debate, I'm always like, yo, they're on the same stage together. This shit is wild. Mm -hmm. Like, that's how I felt like with Obama, McCain, Obama, Romney and Hillary and Trump. And then that little like, because I'm a political nerd, that little butterfly in my stomach be like, okay, let's go was completely over within like the I was first five say, it didn't minutes. last long did it <laughs> that is the craziest thing i've ever seen in my life bro i don't know no, i don't i don't feel like i took anything from that debate like there was no i don't feel like there was any concrete um plans or or like ideas or just like I, I don't know where either of their minds were as far as this election because it was it was just it was just a fight like it wasn't even it wasn't a debate it was a fight a street fight a, a straight up just brawl and what what were the points that were made? Like there were no points that were made. But really, the, the thing that makes me the maddest is because several things. One is, as I've said, I stutter at times, and that's what Trump was trying to exploit out of Joe Biden. You trying think to so? make you think yeah. he was doing that on purpose? Yeah, he was trying to throw him off his game. I mean, Joe, I know he he was trying to trip him up, but yeah, he was trying to make it look like. Joe Biden's unstable. Mm. And in the midst of it, Trump looked like I knew he was a petulant child, <laughs> but he was like that evil little kid that we all hated. Like, I hate bullies, which is funny because I'm friends with tons of bullies, but I actually hate bullies. And so I was seeing that and I'm just like, I fucking hate this dude. Yeah. And I was like, I, I don't understand how anybody could watch that and be like, that's who I'm voting for for president. Or the fact that that was the president of the United States. And people were trying to act like when Biden was like, will you shut up, man? <laughs> yeah, people were like, that was so unprofessional. He didn't have to do that. The president of the United States is yelling at this I'm man. I'm like, did y'all see what Trump was doing the entire time? Yeah, he was arguing with the moderator and everything. He wouldn't let anybody get a word in. No. And then, so... Biden actually went easy on him just calling him a clown. Yeah. Because I would have cussed his ass out. After or what he him. said about his son? His dead son, bro. His alive son, too. He also got him a crackhead. No cooth. Yeah. 
no like no home training no professionalism but that made trump all look bad too because how all right you're in the middle of one a pandemic uh there was literal riots a couple months ago mm-hmm. and you're uh telling the proud boys to stand by mm. and also in the middle of a drug epidemic you're joking on somebody having overcoming a drug addiction mm-hmm. and so yeah he lost he lost a debate all he had to do was look like a stable person <laughs> and he couldn't even do that that's all you had to do but that that is a telltale sign that is a red flag that shows you that this man is highly incompetent because when your goal like when your tactic is to focus on making the other party look bad versus making yourself look good <laughs> exactly that like that's that is the epitome of what a bully is yeah you're trying to just get the the light off of you and make somebody else look shitty but you're trying to deflect and you're trying to uh project mm-hmm. instability on somebody while you're unstable all right and then that happens and then in the middle of the debate, Trump is just mocking Biden for wearing a mask. He's wearing the biggest mask I've ever seen. Then the next day, (laughs) (laughs) his aide comes down with coronavirus. And then, of course, they check him and the President of the United States has coronavirus. When I went to sleep that night, when Hope (laughs) Hooks got it, I was like, oh, he going to have it. I knew for sure he was going to have it. So I, I was in here editing and it popped up on my thing. I was like, oh, bro. Crystal willed that into fucking uh, fruition because she tweeted. <laughs> I forgot what her tweet was, but she said something about hoping that he catches it. <laughs> Every- oh, shit, bro. Listen, I I don't give a shit. I'm not even trying to be morally or politically correct on this. This motherfucker is shit. He has let so many people die from this pandemic. To me is. It's yeah, it's warranted. It's just funny because. For one, when I saw it pop up, I was like, he gonna have that shit. And then so I went to sleep like it was Christmas. It was Christmas. <laughs> and you I woke sleep up. And you got what you asked <laughs> I woke up at five o'clock in the morning, <laughs> smiling, and I, I opened my phone, went to Twitter, and I just started dying laughing. Oh, and I was like, oh, Twitter's gonna be amazing today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was up when I got the news alert, and I was like, let me go to Twitter. <laughs> Let me go to Twitter. <laughs> Bro, it was so funny because like I used to wonder, like this used to be one of my prayers along with him getting coronavirus because I was one of those people, I hope he gets it. I hope he gets it. And then one of my prayers was, <laughs> this is so bad. One of my prayers was that I lived long enough to see what would happen if he passed not like now or nothing, mm-hmm. but the day that he passes, Twitter is going to be so funny. 
and I got a preview of that and that was hilarious oh yeah the the it is what it is <laughs> was flying like crazy bro the all the different ways people were having shade like some people were just out like ha yeah and then some people were like straight up some people were like prayers work <laughs> or, or just play <laughs> my favorite one was he's an on top god <laughs> yes he is and like it was just all this subtle shade and it was just like twitter is amazing today <laughs> and then that was a perfect day on twitter that is it, what twitter is for yeah <laughs> just dark humor good old trolling yep and then so naturally twitter i mean the conversation progressed to um is he making it up is he really sick or is this a publicity stunt yeah and i didn't I didn't understand that logic. I did it. And then I was like, I can see why people would believe that. But at the same time, no. First and foremost, he's definitely a liar and lies about everything. So I can understand you being like, right. We've been gaslit so much that we we don't believe anything. The fact that we we have to question, is the president really got this deadly disease? (laughs) Straight up. But that's just the nature of the beast at this moment. Mm-hmm. But to me, like just being a politics weirdo, I was just like, what does he have to gain by faking it? And everybody was saying like, oh, what he has to gain is, you know, a vaccine's going to come out and he's going to try to act like the vaccine was what saved him and try to get accolades for that and win the election before, you know, it's time to vote and shit. And I was just like, that seems like an awful lot yeah that's a huge gamble yeah when if anything the sympathy vote would be what you would try to do if you tried to act like you were you were faking it act like you're gravely ill and then now you're okay mm-hmm. and then so then the conversation progressed again and this nigga's trying to downplay it like he ain't up Bruh. there Bro, he struggling looked like to shit. breathe. Struggling. When they said he was shaking himself out of the hospital, people were like, see, I told you it was fake. Like, no, nah, this nigga definitely got that shit. And he's trying to act like it ain't kicking his ass. But it is. He walked Have up you two- seen them videos of him just like on the stage struggling yeah, to breathe? He walked up two flights of steps and he looked like he wanted to pass out the memes from him breathing hard have been so funny like Cardi B was like when I used to smoke when I was 16 (laughs) (laughs) and I was dying laughing because that's how smoking get me now like if I hit once I'm like (gasps) that good hit (laughs) that one good hit where you know it's gonna get you yeah like that's dead ass hobby and then the other thing is bruh the fact the fact that it has been confirmed that he has the fucking virus and then he still <laughs> decides to be out here not in his fucking mask. Yes. Not only not in his fucking mask, but deliberately showing us that he's taking his mask off and putting it away as if like, I don't need this. He got superpowers and yeah, he can the other thing I don't get is like I haven't seen many like actual people say this stuff but the people who are like these Republican people on Twitter and stuff be like he beat COVID all this shit be like 
how stupid do y'all really think he just got tested and y'all talking about he beat it right and like they really think i i feel sorry <laughs> for poor white republicans dead ass because they really think that they the stupidest son of bitches alive mm. that they just gonna buy this hype mm-hmm. and they think this dude is their savior and he's fucking them up he's he ain't just fucking up black people he's fucking up all people all yeah all lives <laughs> straight up yeah like for real and then they they drinking the kool-aid like this and then this this motherfucker is getting everybody around him sick like willingly willfully (laughs) like when he did that little photo shoot he had photographers and all these other people around him this man has covid we know for sure he has covid and not only does he have it but he's actually experiencing all of of the symptoms some of the the horrible (laughs) symptoms like it'd be different if he got it and he wasn't really and he was asymptomatic right but this nigga got symptoms nigga you out here struggling Yes. You fighting for your life right now. <laughs> like what the fuck? It's so crazy. I'm I've never experienced no shit like this. And then today, the story just keeps getting this what I'm this what my main point is. Uh oh. What, s- what happened today? Um he said that they're not uh he told his representatives not to pass a stimulus until, oh, after, yeah, the until after the election. I saw that. They reported today that if there's not another stimulus, we may not recover from some of this stuff, economic stuff. No, because it's still people. For one, it's still people who haven't even received the first stimulus. Right. Still. Yes. A lot of people. Yeah. And not just a lot of people who haven't received it, but the people who need it the most. Like, yeah, it's people already being evicted now. It's people. Oh, that's my thing. Oh, nigga, do not scare me. I, like, I, <laughs> I moved my foot and I was like, what the fuck? And I forgot it's this. Um, yeah, like small businesses and like people like that have not. And the airlines are about to lay off like 30,000 people. Apparently, Disneyland just laid off a bunch of people. Yes. And like, then they're giving all of their uh, executives 30, bonuses. 000. Yeah. It's crazy. So they had to fire all them people for them to get their bonuses. Bonuses. It's about to be rough out here. Bruh, listen. Wintertime is going to be a crazy time. Yes. This cold air, the wind. Flu season? On top of COVID season? Flu season, pneumonia season, sinus season, COVID season, bubonic plague still out here, creeping up somewhere. Murder hornets hornets still like... (laughs) We are still in purgatory, my nigga. Like we are not at the end of this shit. This is the worst year ever. Like it's players from season one of twenty twenty coming back. <laughs> we got we got uh, Carol Basket on fucking Dancing with the Stars. What is going on? Oh, shit. It, we are not at the end of this shit. Like no. <laughs> Also today, we lost Eddie Van Halen. I saw that. Um, I just started thinking. It was just about um, 
Remember a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about how your mom had a Beatles lunchbox? Mm-hmm. And about like how black people are hip to white stuff in a way that white people aren't hip to our stuff. It made me think about that like today. Because it was like, Eddie Van Halen did the solo on Beat It. Oh. So like that riff, that's Eddie Van Halen. I know Eddie Van Halen for Eruption. Yeah. Listen to that song today too. That is still crazy. Yeah, I uh, distinctly remember the talent show our senior year <laughs> when <laughs> my ex boyfriend. <laughs> fuck that the nigga. Solo. <laughs> <laughs> and he played the fuck out of it. Yeah, he did. He did. I hate that nigga. <laughs> but like, same. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I couldn't even hate you. Like, this nigga dope. This, this is the song. This, this is gonna be the song to flex with. <laughs> this nigga is riffing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, oh, so uh, it's just certain people are just part of. They're bigger than like rock or rap. Yeah, and that's one of those people. Like, like I would. The song I always think of Van Halen is Jump. Or uh, mm. right dun, now. Dun, 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 dun. Like you can't go to an arena and not hear that shit. That nigga could play multiple instruments and couldn't read a lick of music. Oh, he couldn't read music? No. So he was playing the keyboards and the guitars of all of this shit, not knowing how to read music. Like genius level. I didn't know that. He um That's crazy. They said that uh Quincy Jones, when they were doing thriller, really wanted like a guitar riff on Beat It. Because they were trying to get Michael Jackson to cross over. Because mm. you know, back then MTV was racist. Mm-hmm. And so they were trying to infiltrate. Yeah, by any means necessary, we gonna get on these airs. So Quincy Jones called uh, Eddie Van Halen, and at first he couldn't hear anything, and he was like, he just thought it was a fan that got their number. So he hung up. He called back again. He hung up. Then the third time, he was like, "Look, asshole." <laughs> <laughs> and then he, that's when he heard Quincy Jones talking and he was like oh shit Quincy Jones is calling my phone cause Quincy Jones is the OG of all OGs that is some Quincy Jones shit right and so he got him to come to the studio and back then it was a big issue of like you didn't just play for black artists like if you were like in the rock lane mm-hmm even though you stole all this music from black artists, you just didn't play on black records. And so Eddie Van Halen was like, I'm bored. I ain't got nothing to do. All my band is everywhere else. I'm just going to go. So he said he went to the studio with Michael Jackson. He played a riff the first time. No breaks. And then played another riff. And he was like, whatever one y'all like, y'all can have it. And he didn't ask for no money or nothing. So Eddie Van Halen didn't get no royalties from Beat It. Damn. Beat It. What? Like, I know when people say like, you know, whatever, you don't have to pay me. But damn, still, sometimes people will give you a little. But he, 
Eddie Van Halen was just different like that. He was in it for the music. And David Lee Roth got mad at Eddie Van Halen for being on a black artist song. Yeah, he got big MAGA vibes. (laughs) (laughs) See, musical niggas like that are very fascinating to me. Yeah. Um, I think I think that was like a part of my I know that was a part of my attraction was his musical abilities. Those are the most toxic ass niggas though. They really do. do the most <laughs> I mean we were also 17 so just like, like all niggas are toxic. Peak, <laughs> peak toxicity. Like um, but Van Halen uh, right now has a significant point in my uh, young adolescence, because part of uh, Coach Jackson's indoctrination, I mean, uh, <laughs> his coaching philosophy was he would play a video for the Super Six of the championship and the this one year they used right now as the highlights. And so he would play that while we were working out and stuff. And then like we watched it so much that I can remember scene by scene it so right now actually like means a little weird like <laughs> of course nobody's gonna be able to hear this but uh it's just weird how music connects you to certain things yeah and then when you find out somebody dies you're like damn yeah that's crazy i didn't think i didn't realize he was that old he's 65 yeah but i mean in the grand scheme of things still kind of young for death the other thing I thought about was for a long time, like Eddie Van Halen and their sound was more or less what I considered rock music. Mm-hmm. Like you remember like growing up, like in the nineties when they had the, uh, all those compilation commercials for CDs mm-hmm. for niggas was making mixtapes. <laughs> <laughs> the best yeah. hits of the eighties. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> And then he'd be like, Hot for Teacher by Van Halen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. So it's like specific memories. And it's like, so it always feels like, to me, I guess growing up in the 90s and coming of age, it always feels like the 90s is cutting like to three different paths. Early 90s is like 80s hangover. So you're still yeah, listening yeah, yeah. to like the the music that from the transitional, 80s. Transitional. Right. And it that Venn diagram. Right. And things weren't moving as quick as they do now yeah. to where songs are played out. That's in because months. technology wasn't um advancing as fast. I feel like I feel like that is what um increases the speed of a transitional musical era is yeah. technology. Yeah, very true. So now we have like micro Mm-hmm. years like it's just like with things all, shift like super quickly with and, and that's what all our media too because it doesn't feel like tiger king came out this year that's still wild to me yeah <laughs> is that's first season of uh two, of 2020 that is fucking crazy <laughs> but back then music lasted for a while so yeah. songs would be on the top 100 for years. years yeah so we were still hearing 80s music growing up Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that is crazy. I think that's that's why it was um, 
a little bit easier to be a legend too is because your songs could be on the right on the top 100 for so long it's you had not time like to anymore. breathe and you could tour for two years off one album you can't i don't do think that. there's anybody in the last five years that are, that has had a top 100 song for longer than like two years if now, that now some albums will be on like rihanna's anti-album which we're going to talk about Rihanna later. But, oh, yes. Um, but it just made me think just how growing up, this shit was like what rock music sounded like in my head when I heard it. Mm-hmm. Now later, Nirvana is what became like, that's what rock and roll is. Yeah. And then later it was that like... solidified it for you. Then it was like, later it was like Santana and all the bands we talked about last week I did think it was funny that last week you did say Green Day was a boy band and that is insane <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't catch it when we were recording it we were like what? you said Green Day is a boy band oh, <laughs> and then but I was like nah I believe that shit is cause that shit is hilarious <laughs> That's wild. He couldn't read music. No. So he just be in rehearsal just I think feeling they, shit. Yeah, I think they said eventually he learned how to read music like in like 2010. <laughs> <laughs> he was trying to learn how to play the oboe. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Yeah. He go from a guitar to a reeded instrument. Yeah, but he like he was uh he was just like that. But yeah, like, musical niggas like that. I don't know. I have um But like apparently he was like that with like everything. He was just an auto what is it called? Autodidact? Don't ask me, nigga. <laughs> you a wordy ass nigga too. <laughs> <laughs> you could pronounce all the words that I just know how to read. <laughs> like you gotta be like, I don't know how to say that shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a grammar Nazi. Yeah. But I wish I had that gr- Like that's the That and math Are the things that Are my weak points Ooh, I just don't even mm. <laughs> Math Fuck math <laughs> But uh <laughs> I'm good at simple math Yeah I, Oh add and subtract it And divide And multiply I can, I can do that shit Man But you You start putting letters And shit <sighs> When I had to take that math test <laughs> For the fucking interview at the chiropractic office, I was like, "Man, yeah, fuck this shit." It was some long fucking math too. It would be like four hundred twenty-six thousand eight hundred thirty-nine times three twenty-three. But like on paper, I was like, "I forgot where to carry." I, I was like, "I ain't did this shit in like twelve, fifteen, seventeen years." Like what? You remember, like, when we were, like, in high school and it would always be that one kid be like, but when are we ever going to use this? Yeah. You should have been like, job interview, nigga. <laughs> Somebody's going to try to trip your ass up on a job interview. Because that's exactly what the fuck that... I felt like that was some racist shit. Like, I, I don't know. That could just be me being super black, but... Nah, it sounds like some... At a chiropractic office, when am I ever going to have to use this long math and division that, that definitely and show my work that definitely sounded like some poll tax shit be what? like how many marbles are in this uh, jar 
But then as they're you like can't vote. taking the test, they're like, oh, you know, this is not going to affect your blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, so then why are we? Why are we sitting through this shit? Why are we doing it? Yeah, that's shit. Racism. That's why. That's why you sat through it. I ain't like that. But <laughs> but uh, R.I.P. Eddie Van Halen. R.I.P. Eddie Van Halen. I saw mad niggas be like, damn, they got Eddie too. That's how you know you real. When niggas be like, <laughs> bro. No Eddie. Be like, bro, they got Eddie too? Oh, we all knew Van Halen, man. But you can't escape Van Halen. That's like one of those. Uh, you can't go to a stadium and not hear jump. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Especially, especially at the the white stadiums, <laughs> which is all stadiums, <laughs> all the stadiums, <laughs> except for HBCUs. But I think if you play jump at HBCU, oh shit, they play Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> These are facts. Like straight the fuck up. Niggas love. It's gonna sound. Niggas love white people so much. If you do some some shit with a black artist, we gonna fuck with you. Scott Storch. All the cookouts. Shoe in. <laughs> <laughs> All of the cookouts. Eddie Van Halen was on fucking Beat It. <coughs> My bad. Jeff Beck was on <clears throat> Stevie Wonder song. Where's Jeff Beck? One of the greatest guitarists ever. <laughs> Yikes. Oops. <laughs> Elton John was on Soul Train. <laughs> Oh yes, and David John. Bowie was on Soul Train, made an R and B album, and married a black woman. He it's is, gonna be a crazy day when Elton John passes. That's, Elton, that's gonna be a, a Whitney Houston funeral type, yeah. type situation. Elton John, and he's from England. Yes, yeah, but what part specifically? You know, I, I always want to say London, but that's just like. I feel like he's from the outskirts. Okay. Let's see. Say in London when someone says England is just like a natural instinct. I know that uh we fuck with uh people from UK though. America and black people low key fuck with people from Britain. These he's from ex. Pinner uh UK. I don't know where Pinner is. Hmm. The only places in the UK I know <laughs> the Beatles are from uh shit, what's it called? I just forgot it. The wine got me. <laughs> Liverpool. Mm. Mm. And the only reason I know George Michael is from Newcastle is because Daniel uh Cody's is that where husband, from? he's from Newcastle. Oh, okay. Oh, I miss them. I do. They always like they're having so much fun. <laughs> always, yeah, they always be doing some shit with their bougie ass. I know. They be booed up, doing bougie shit, goals. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we fuck with people from Britain because niggas love David Bowie. Oh yeah, for I, sure. I love David Bowie, like, bro, especially after um. Marrying um Iman. Iman. Yeah. And even before it, like David Bowie got jammed. Oh I'm about to play David Bowie fucking <laughs> Honey, who was it that um was it Kesha that said something about David Bowie? Bitches be singing about David Bowie still. <laughs> David Bowie was a fly ass white dude. 
That's another thing niggas love. Niggas you gotta be a fly ass white dude if you got a black chick on your arm. Niggas love a fly ass fucking black dude. I mean, white dude. And also, super. Not only a, a black chick, but a, a supermodel. A bad one. The supermodel. She black still chick. look fine. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Her, Beverly Peel. Uh, who else was super? Naomi Campbell. <laughs> I feel like she always, she gonna look good until eternity. It ain't fair. The old Campbell. school black supermodels are out here. Because they had to cut through in real racist times. So you had to be the baddest of the baddest. Survival walking. mode. Like the other day, it was the anniversary of Diane Carroll dying. I was like, I can't believe it's been a year. Oh, wow. Yeah. But she was like the baddest chick walking. Like to have white niggas be like, oh, oh. did you see that one picture on Twitter of Lynn Whitfield? Yes, <laughs> nigga. Lynn Whitfield looked like she's still out here having good sex. Like, yes, vintage like sex vagina. with effort. <laughs> Lynn Whitfield, what's that girl? Vintage couche. <laughs> couche. <laughs> but you know who is out here doing and leading the revolution as far as being a black creative (laughs) rihanna rihanna nigga Give it up for motherfucking Rihanna. I love Rihanna. I watched the first part of the fashion show. Yeah, I ended up watching the whole thing. Um, I watched that actually yesterday. I got drunk. <laughs> yeah, I was lucky enough to be at Jay's house that night because I was like, I never would have seen this because I don't have Amazon Prime. <laughs> you don't? No, my mom does. I do not. Right. I use hers when I need to, but I don't have one. That's my because I'm just like if she has one, ain't no point in me getting one. Yeah, I'm not gonna pay a hundred dollars a year. My mom used mine more than me. Yeah, I don't. I to this day have ordered I've never ordered anything off of Amazon. Uh, bro, I order everything off of Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> like I've spent thousands of dollars on Amazon. I bought this on Amazon. What I'm trying to look <laughs> Bought that on Amazon. Amazon. Yeah, I've never bought all of these sound panels. Never bought anything off that. Amazon. <laughs> Bro, I buy everything off Amazon. I'm about to start buying shit off Amazon. It's cheap as fuck. I also I got stuck on Amazon because my brother put me on game when we were at AM. Cause he was ordering everything off Amazon. I was like, man. And then plus you had a student discount then. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I forgot about that student discount. I was I was gonna get into Amazon for like um like my my kit replenishment shit, but then I started working for cosmetic brands and I was like, I'm getting shit for free. Right. <laughs> it don't make no sense to use it. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like I'm getting everything that I need literally for free. I don't have to Almost everything we got equipment wise though I bought off Amazon. That's just I just love Amazon. But uh fuck Jeff Bezos. That trillionaire <laughs> fuck. Um, but Rihanna, who I love, uh, came out with season what two of Fenty. 
Bro. I can't wait for her album. I, I love all the shit she's doing. I love Sis is making the coin, but I, I love I her music. I agree. Because this album. When is she going to get back to her music, though? Cause this album can't. This came out in 2016. She keep letting us know that she don't really give a fuck about the music right now. And I feel her. She, I feel like she's going to Beyonce us and surprise us with some shit. Yeah. She's like, oh, let me take over the world real quick and then I'll give y'all some music. Yeah. But she came out with season two of Fenty. Mm-hmm. Savage uh, collab. Very, um... What's the word I want to use? Very, very um, forward thinking. Progressive. Very, yeah, very progressive, very nuanced, very. Um, the the feel of it was very specific. Like, I can't I can't put a I can't put a word on it. It was, it was calculated, but definitely a vibe it was calculated but it was also very free yeah but it was it was polished but also grungy like it it's a weird it was, juxtaposition of opposites yeah it was done so well that i i have to believe that it was very hands-on mm-hmm. even though like the stuff she gave us shows it wasn't too hands-on mm-hmm. but the message got made and it was like, it was just dope. It was body positive for one, which she has been. True diversity. Yeah. Like a lot of times in like Hollywood and stuff, people think that if you have one black person or you have one person of color, then that's diversity. And they never talk about diversity of size mm. or any anything else. She had people who she had trans men and women she had people who were not able-bodied like she listened she read the room and was like all these people want to feel sexy but she was she been on that since since she launched her beauty line when she she was one of the first companies to launch and come out with 40 different shades for her foundations yes and that's why everybody was shook but then when she finally did the savage she was out here with plus size models from jump too so she was already just like breaking the mold that's why like last week when uh like we were talking with thomas and then we was like oh i know she gonna have body inclusive sizes like nigga i'm about to be out here this fancy shit and i was nigga I was so upset with the uh, <laughs> when the uh, smoking jacket and the pants were sold out because that's I was like, oh, I'm about to be the baddest bitch. Ooh, out that would have been some holiday shit, bro. I was about to be out here like the uh, TLC creep video. I was about to be out here doing the butterfly and that silk ass fucking shit. Oh, yeah. I really I wanted some of those. Oh, um, when she restarted it, like. You know what was dope? And I never have experienced this. Big niggas were definitely being like, yo, this shit is dope. The big niggas were out here being super sexy in these uh, silk ass pajamas. Like, I've (laughs) never seen that. Like, the dude that was on the website, his body is a better version of my body. (laughs) You know what? I really, I really, I hate that people are shocked. 
that women are attracted to those bodies. Because yes. I feel like it's, I feel like, I feel like it's honestly been a thing since forever. It's just not. It's not vocalized. Same thing way. with with plus size women, though. I think it's different. Like, and, and and I don't want to disrespect any plus size women because I know I've seen the way niggas talk about women like that. Yeah. But I've never experienced that. Like where women were vocally being like, no, no, that's, that's my type. And then like just sitting in it. That's the good thing about Twitter that you see that people are really attracted to other things. And I have thought about when I was younger and I was a kid with man boobs. (laughs) (laughs) If I saw that women actually like dudes of all sizes. Like, cause that dude was, he was this big nigga. Yes. And it wasn't like that fake, like, Oh, he's a a linebacker. No, this nigga is a D tackle as fuck. Yeah, right. <laughs> it ain't no slight muscle. Ain't no now it's muscle hidden under the fat. You right. can see that. Right, right, right. <laughs> but it was I don't like, know. I don't I'm not surprised because I have I don't know. I feel like I have always said that uh, that's not I'm not discriminatory when it comes to that. But most people are you know what the other thing is? People are ashamed to say what they're attracted to. That's the bigger issue. Hmm. Some people are attracted to big dudes and they're ashamed to say it. And so, like, dudes, like, we always are used to, we like, y'all looking at, not y'all. We're used to people vocalizing that they want the super fit dude. I mean, I feel like. I feel like the same thing happens with plus size women. Like it definitely does. For a while, like everybody feels felt like it. I mean, honestly, that's back to the BBL shit. That's the reason why a lot of women are out here, you know, on the BBL wave. But for a while, women felt like if they were bigger than a size six, you know, nobody would be attracted to them. Definitely. And, you know, in another difference in it, too, I think that. There are definitely men who fetishize big, bigger women yeah. and use them for sex and won't claim them in public. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily the same with dudes, That's but true. it's also it's a different feeling of being like women be like, yes, my size, like on a nigga that look has a body like you wearing lawn, like not lingerie, uh, <laughs> uh, sleepwear luxury pajamas right like this nigga was in boxers fat hanging over the boxers that is fucking revolutionary and it shouldn't be that's crazy because i just i don't know i feel like that's normal i feel like i don't know but you're attracted to men that's the type of body (laughs) that's the type of body that i just expect niggas to have at this point that's really what niggas look like (laughs) under clothes but you don't ever see that like i feel like i've expressed my love for action bronson on here yeah but you're you're attracted to men yeah so you like you just know that that's how niggas look niggas ain't used to hearing body positivity on that shit it's just like it is what it is nigga (laughs) we're here now i'm gonna let you fuck so (laughs) but i think we also i don't know we also don't really see too many men expressing their own issues with their bodies the way women do very true so we don't really think that men care 
if they're if they look a certain way or not. And we definitely do. Yeah. Uh <laughs> Like men definitely have body positivity issues and it comes out in different ways. A lot of niggas just try to hide behind like beards and shit. But other like it's it's real. Cause you like mm-hmm. I don't know. It's my song. <laughs> This album is fucking amazing. I love this album. I listen to this very often. Me too. But uh, it's dope. And it it just makes sense that Rihanna would be like, everybody wants to feel sexy. Why wouldn't I make clothes for... That's that's one thing I do hope comes out of this, where people are like, yeah, fat bodies buy clothes. That's why I've never understood people being um what's the word? How you feel, how you feel? You such a bother shit, I was kicking to you. Yeah, some fun on <laughs> uh I've never understood like racism spilling over into certain entities like the way it has with like hair products and cosmetics like why wouldn't you make your cosmetic line available to everybody like why wouldn't you want to maximize your profit like are we the fact that y'all adhere to racism so much that you are taking away your ability to capitalize when that's what we also given to is capitalism like right why, why would, wouldn't you want everybody available everybody breathing to be able to and you can still be exclusive i couldn't buy my 15 <laughs> pajamas and i am upset about it but she had my size where i could have bought them bro when i saw that th- I was like, yes nigga i'm about to be out here yeah it's just like I'm glad they bullied Beyonce into <laughs> having exclusive <laughs> sizes. Like, because, like, when I was looking at her merch, it was like, yo, she's got two and three X's. I'm like, man, I, I might be able to make something shake. Mm-hmm. It's like, I want to support the artists that I love. And it's cool, like, when people be like, all right, big nigga, I got you. Yeah, it's just like, imagine the money that you would miss out on if you didn't cater to just like one or two more sizes on your shit. And now niggas is going to be looking for her next drop because they know they got her size. they know that they're going to be able to wear her shit. Real talk. She got an audience. Now, if that could just transfer over into her actual like luxury line, like her Fenty brand, oh, she'll really be out here. Because that's another thing, too, is like, luxury don't be made for bigger people luxury no. barely be made for average size people yeah because extra large luxury wise do not be fitting extra largest luxury those are european sizes small. yeah it always runs small so it's just like and americans are too fat for that <laughs> most definitely yeah. that's why size charts be having happened like bro that's <laughs> hey that's the struggle that like people don't be realizing like people be taking advantage of well, not taking advantage of. They just don't be thinking about it because they're privileged size-wise, I guess. Mm-hmm. 
when you studying a fucking size chart to be like, nigga, can I wear this shit or am I gonna have to sell this shit as soon as I get it? Been there, done that. If I ever have to study a size chart, I'm like, nope, I'm not doing it. Yeah, <laughs> that shit is gonna intimidate the fuck out of me. Yeah, and you're like, wrong. Because for one, I'm not the bitch that's finna get out no measuring tape. I'm finna guesstimate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, nigga, I'm From not... some old shit. Like, okay, this dress that I got a couple years ago. <laughs> right. But none of, the, none of the sizes are the same on any of this shit. Yeah, that's true, too. Buying online would be stressful. That's And you know what? That's the other part of it. Like, as a bigger person, you'd be like, man, I ain't gonna be out here wearing this little ass fucking shit. <laughs> yeah, my. they ain't gonna talk shit about me, nigga. Nah, that's real shit. That is real shit, and that's part of it. And then, like, especially if you don't have a the typical in quotes body, and it's not even just big people. It's just people that have different proportions from other people. Mm-hmm. That's just how it is. Mm-hmm. So, like, of course, we are gonna shout out Rihanna when she represents. It's like, man, bruh. I saw that she did make an apology to the Muslim community. Though. I did see that. So what? Um, what exactly happened? So she played some music. Apparently, um, she played the music, and the the artist that did the music sampled a. Uh, I don't believe it's from the Quran, but they were sacred verses in Arabic, mm. and they played it in the song. And so she played the song and uh, so she apologized. was like, I'll never do it again. Didn't mean any disrespect and I don't uh, disrespect anybody who believes in God because, you know, she believes in God and stuff. So, like, she did, she's hitting all of this shit out the park. You fuck up, you just say what happened, you apologize, people will be like, all right, we respect it, Rihanna. Really, I don't expect anything less from Rihanna. Rihanna been a real ass bitch from day one. Like she ain't never showed us that she been anybody that's gonna be a kiss ass or a sheep or you know what I'm saying. Like Rihanna has always paved her own way and stood up for what she's believed in, and you know what I'm saying. Like speaks her mind when she wants to speak her mind like rihanna has been very transparent with us yeah for all of her career (laughs) and to be all the way honest that kind of led to the her being the anti-beyonce and they opened a different lane for her Mm -hmm. because she was open the way in a way that beyonce was exactly yeah now beyonce has become she's evolving yes but that was Rihanna's lane, especially yeah. after the Chris Brown stuff. And mm-hmm. she reclaimed herself in public as a member of the Hive and the Navy. <laughs> <laughs> the Navy Hive. <laughs> right. I am a fan of both. Yeah, same. Like, don't ever, like, because I just love, Rihanna's so fucking sexy. Yeah. Because she's, because she's herself. Like, I think. I think it has a lot to do with just her like being comfortable with herself. Like she just don't it's she not she don't give a fuck. Right. And it's like I remember. Just seeing her like being on vacation, smoking her blunts, like I knew I was in love with with uh, Rihanna when 
she was at Coachella rolling that blunt on her security guard's head. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, like, that's a bad bitch, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that is what it, it's like relatability, but also just like a comfortability within herself. Like, I would love to hang out with Rihanna. Me too. And it wouldn't even, I wouldn't even be on no creepy shit be like, oh my God, that's Rihanna. It would be like, I feel like me and Rihanna would be best friends. Bruh, I would love to hang out and just smoke and chill with Rihanna and listen to like some dope ass music because it's, she's just cool as fuck. I just, I feel like me and Rihanna would be best friends. Like, she's the type of friend I feel like I could have that would like understand my my absence from here you know from time to time i would understand hers you know what i'm saying but like when we link it'd be it's all not, good we both just it's show a movie up, show up as bad bitches <laughs> that never you know never left never skipped a beat like okay bruh i'm such a bad bitch because that's exactly what i be thinking <laughs> Like I bet Rihanna, we could vibe. We could, you know, show up, show out. We could get lit together. <laughs> we could chill together. You know, what I'm saying I can show her some makeup shits, and she, right. apparently that's what she into. She, you know, that's what boo style is. <laughs> I could definitely listen to some cool music with her and put on some games. Like, who is this? And be like, oh, Rihanna, you didn't know. You know, we can what talk this about. Was? We can talk about these fuck boys together. <laughs> like, we can go find some new fuck boys together. <laughs> <laughs> Bruh, can you imagine the fuck boys that Rihanna has to deal with? Oh no. Like top notch fuck Rich boys. Rich fuck boys? Right. Like she deal with princes and fucking Mm-mm. billionaires. Leo DiCaprio. I know be like, it's fucking Leo on my fucking phone again. Leo who? Mm-hmm. DiCaprio, man. I don't know. Thirsty ass nigga. <laughs> I could not deal with a rich fuck boy. <laughs> Cause rich fuck boys be having the audacity. Bro, <laughs> speaking of which, I watched that uh Paris Hilton shit. Oh yeah. Bro, I I am very apologetic for her her troubled times. It that shit was sad. Very sad. She's dealing with a lot. Like Yeah. So Paris Hilton made a uh she was part of a documentary that's on YouTube that you can watch for f- the free. Mm-hmm. And she talked about some of her troubles from her teenage years, especially the abuse she experienced in these uh straighten out camps. Quote unquote boarding schools. The the other thing was like after she kept escaping from the border school, I mean, the boarding schools is where they start taking her to those like at risk camps. And it made me think about it's going to be such a 90s, early 2000s reference. You remember Sally Jesse Raphael mm-hmm. and uh, what was the uh, boot camp dude that used to come to scare the teens? Oh, I don't remember. That black dude. And he was like, I'm going to straighten them out. And they take these little white kids to these these camps. And they'd be like, I'm going to do right. That was a whole little movement in the 90s. Yeah. yeah. And I never, I didn't think about it until I watched that. I was like, I bet 
Her parents were like, mm, gotta straighten this bitch out. She out here clubbing, thotting and bopping. I, I still feel like that's some just like rich parent shit. Like they just putting your, your issues off on somebody else instead of really trying to like sit down with your child and understand how you've played a part in their fucked upness. <laughs> the other part of it that was weird was with uh, her sister kind of took her parents side when they were talking she's like i mean mom and dad they had their hands full with you it's like middle ass fucking child and i'm a middle child too i definitely used to take my my parents side against my sister and so i saw that that's how maria felt (laughs) (laughs) like like she looked like she wouldn't be like fuck you Yeah, I I mean, and what's crazy though is like with stuff like this, what they let you see in the documentaries, like that's only a little bit of it. She glossed over whatever full abuse she had, which mm-hmm. I, I respect, of course, because she's she's just getting to the point to where she can she vocalize can, it. Yeah, and but she left you where she was like, I definitely feel like uh, some of the guards there got off on looking at naked children and stuff mm. and it's like she's giving you yeah especially when they talked to um one of her friends um they brought one of her old like friends from the camp and how basically um when the friend was talking about her experience and how horrible it was and how she had to you know go through th- so much therapy and mm-hmm. you know shit like that i was just like okay Clearly, this was some some fucked up shit. All those women that were at her house were all hurt. It was also kind of weird to see that they knew her before she became the Paris Hilton mm-hmm. at her worst point in life. While they were there with her experiencing their worst point also. Like when they were talking about when they watched A Simple Life and she was like, I don't know how to mop. And they were like. I know she knows how to mop <laughs> because we all had to mop. And it's kind of, it kind of was just funny. Also, the fact that we have never heard her voice. Mm. It was always the baby time. Her regular voice, yeah. And I, kind of low-key attracted to uh, her voice. Is, is, <laughs> that, is that what imposter syndrome is or does imposter syndrome play a part in that type of stunted development yeah i think it definitely plays a part in it but i feel like white women go out of their i think based on society wise they have to go out of their way to be a certain level of dainty Mm -hmm. to be a socialite or be a uh a sex symbol. Yeah, I I agree. It's so crazy how it's the complete opposite for white and black women. Yeah. They can't be too... They get to be soft. Yes. And in a way that black women never will be able to be soft. But they're also protected in a way that... Mm-hmm. they. I mean, people lynch tons of Negroes for trying to be with white women. Yeah, yeah. The, I I I felt bad for her after she talked about the the boarding school shit. I was like, damn. I text you when 
uh, she was having that blowout with her boyfriend. Her boyfriend before she went on stage. And then after that, that's what I saw. I was like, okay, so it makes sense. And then when she was going through the storage thing, and we're like, these are all laptops. I get a new laptop for each boyfriend I get. I was just like, how many fuck niggas? <laughs> and then she was explaining all the ones that got abusive. And she was like, and she was counting. I was like, wow. And then they kind of glossed over it, but Nick Carter from the Backstreet Boys was definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. And even down Which to the... we knew that they were troubled. Yeah. Even down to the sex tape, though, like when she was explaining it, she was like 18 and she he was like, well, I'll get somebody else in here. And she thought that she would have to do all that shit to just, keep him. And I was like, man... So even rich white people have to deal with this type of shit. Mm-hmm. The other thing I was thinking about when I was watching it was, it's so weird to see like her, because people have changed their faces to look like her. Like a whole generation of white women, that was the standard of beauty they were trying to find, and it's like, yo, that's the original model. That's the OG IG baddie. Right. And it's like, I don't even know if she's attractive or not. (laughs) I thought it was sad, like, um, when she was sitting on the couch talking to her sister about, like, settling down and having kids. And Mm -hmm. she was just like, I don't know. The saddest thing to me was when she was like, if I can get to be a billionaire, I'll be happy. And then later in the documentary, she was like, I used to say that if I got to be a hundred million, I'd be happy. And it's like that goalpost just keeps getting further and further. And it's like she's she needs intensive therapy because she's not happy. I'm I was what at at that point, what can a billion get you that what you have already can't? Nothing. That's why that's why she's not happy because she's she is chasing happiness in something that she already has. It's just like when she was talking about like uh when she went to Korea and she was that guy was like, You gotta go to sleep and then she couldn't go to sleep because she was having night terrors. And then she was she was talking about those two people that were there she was like, I mean, they're my friends, but I don't even think they're really my real friends, they're just fans of mine. And it's like, yeah, I don't want that. And but it's also like, damn, like she might have a point. Like, it's one of those things. Like when she says things like that, it's like, okay, is she just tripping because you know it's not going her way, her experience, or what she's going through, or like? I think she really doesn't. Is have she any she really like that intuitive where she knows when people are out to just be around her because of who she is and not you know what I'm saying like because of who she is yeah you know I've seen another documentary with her was about uh influencers and of course they use her because she's the OG and then she was talking about how like how close they are to her like she does care about her fans but I think that's because that's the only level of uh, reciprocation she gets from people. I feel like I I want her to do a segment with um, 
Nicole Richie and just talk about that whole yeah era of things. Like, did they fall out? Because they don't really. I don't think they were really ever friends. Yeah, was it just like uh, we grew up together in this on the same like rich kid bullshit? The same thing was getting into shit that we shouldn't have. It's kind of the same thing with Kim Kardashian, which I was surprised that she was involved in the documentary too. Yeah, I wasn't. Because isn't that how Kim claimed her fame? Yeah, she was being her stylist or her assistant stylist. Yeah, Yeah. and then she took the blueprint and ran with it. I wonder how that feels. Yeah, like to like be on the inside and then. How does it feel to be the blueprint of somebody's entire life? Except for the differences, of course, Kim has family and stuff. Mm-hmm. Cooper. Oh, Coop, I pet you one time today and you just can't get enough. <laughs> He's something else. <laughs> but yeah, how does it feel to be like the blueprint for an entire person's life? Like, if somebody made a podcast... How does it feel to be that person watching somebody else take your shit... And and go farther with it? Blow up with it. But you know what? I heard that um, the Kardashians were about to be on their last season. Like, they're not renewing. And I'm just like, I'm very glad. I'm thankful for that. I feel like they have given us enough... I feel like we're way past the point of needing to see their daily lives. It used to be fun, but now it's just like these bitches need therapy. <laughs> it was fun because when, you know, when they first jumped on the scene, it was new because we we weren't used to like we were just getting into reality TV, but it was more so on like the dating side and like the challenge side, you know, the real world. But then the, you know, the games like play this game, be the in this cl- house to win a hundred thousand dollars. The closest thing we got to that before that was the Osbournes. Yeah. And they self-destructed. Yeah. They didn't last long <laughs> because you can't have that level of transparency. Yeah. That, Often, <laughs> you had three, three out of the four main people in the show were drug addicts. Druggies, yeah. Straight Dad, up, like real kids. deal druggies. Yeah. I Man, it's I still have a soft spot for the Osbournes. Yeah, like, it's like that's my niggas. Like, <laughs> like with a couple of weeks ago when they had that dude that was uh Ozzy's guitarist and somebody else's guitarist. And TMZ had the thing. They were like, Ozzy Osbourne and blah, blah, blah's guitarist dies. And everybody just read oh, it yeah. as Ozzy Osbourne, Ozzy Osbourne died. died. Yeah. It would have been one of those like Van Halen moments times 10. Because we used to watch this nigga's family. It's like if uh, Run's house, when Rev Run dies, it'd be like, what the fuck? Yeah, no, nah, but the Kardashians were the first people that we saw on TV in, in real time unfiltered quote unquote just being rich and doing rich shit yeah and then was it right after that that her show came out with nicole it was life as we know it it was on e did they come out before or after the kardashians what simple life or simple life yeah simple life came out before what is life as we know it who is life as we know it it's too many fucking reality shows yeah it is Simple, yeah, because that was what, like 2003 or some shit? It might have been like 02. 
Simple Life was early. Because that shit was a phenomenon. That was when Nicole Richie was chubby. Yep. Cooper. Come here. You're acting crazy. But yeah. That shit used to confuse me that Nicole Richie wasn't Lionel Richie's biological daughter. Yeah, me too. I was like, damn, but she out here profiting off of his last name. But you know who her aunt, like her real aunt is? Not saying that, you know, of course. Sheila E. Oh, yeah. Like, because her parents were artists, too. Mm-hmm. But it's got to be weird to be like, you're like... I don't think we put enough respect on Lionel Richie's name. That Commodore shit be going in. We definitely don't. Not our generation, at least. The ones before us, probably. But Cooper, you got stuff all over your nose. That bone got you, bro. That's what it is. But, uh, yeah, like, I tweeted the other day when I was like, uh, it's some songs that get played so much that you forget how dope they actually are. Like, can you imagine how dope the party was the first time you heard Brick House? (laughs) (laughs) And that nigga's like, what the fuck is this? He's like, oh, this is a song me and the partners was working on. And then when you finally realize what it's about, I'm like, damn. (laughs) Right. I know a couple Brick Houses. Right. I bet, man. You know, in the 70s, you're like, yeah, I'm a Brick House. (laughs) Like, uh, it's just. Uh, I consider f- myself a brick house. I can see that. I'm a, I'm a brick house. <laughs> um, the funny thing about the Commodore's brick house is that's like one of the only songs that Lionel Richie isn't singing lead on. And you know why? It's because you got to have that country. I don't slightly trust this nigga vibe. So they had yeah, to pull to, the drummer. To really get into the descriptiveness of the. Yeah. Womanly brick house, because that's definitely creepy uncle vibes yeah, to definitely. be like you are brick, you are brick house for sure. Mighty, mighty, it's it's cold. <laughs> Letting it all hang out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's definitely cold. It's a lot of we gotta talk about that too for a little bit. It's a lot of like fashion collabs from the nineties and two thousands that are coming around. H and M has a fucking collab with Kangol. Have you seen it? I have not. I went in the into H and M because I was looking for some uh, work shoes, and I peeped around the corner. I said, "I said, is this is this Kangol?" <laughs> Bro, that shit is fucking fire. Um, who else? Uh, P Diddy has a collab. It's Sean John, and somebody has a collab with him. Um, I feel like Juicy's coming back. Bond Dutch. Bond is Dutch coming. is coming back. It's a lot of people that's doing collabs with like. I saw that Ed Hardy had a collab brands. with somebody. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. Let's see. H&M and Kango. Bruh, 
H&M is another motherfucker. Why don't they have fucking bigger sizes? That should be pissing me off. Yeah, I only get accessories. I usually only shop in the men's in H&M, to be honest. Ooh, I like the... Bro, I want that sweater with the kangaroo on it. I feel like I need that. Yeah. And that fuzzy bucket hat. I just saw the bucket hat. <laughs> like, it's like, it's, I know this nigga's definitely wanting this bucket. That is some wintertime swag. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it's weird. The, the weird part about being in our 30s is stuff from our childhood is coming part of the 20 year rule. So it's stuff that, like, we were in middle school and high school, and we're like, I remember when this shit was dope. Remember when your parents used to tell you shit like, yeah, like shit always comes back. Like that, this that, ain't that, new. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> like this is. Hey, I remember when they had bell bottoms. But see, that's the thing. That's the thing that I love about fashion, though, is that it is always it's recycled, but it's revamped every time. Yeah. Like I love that there is enough. There's so much creativity in the world that you can bring. Uh, you can bring back a staple or you can bring back an old motif, but still like make it fresh. Like that's why I love fashion. Like nothing to me is ever out of style. It's the way that you like put it together that makes it work for you today. And also it's such things you can change yeah. things. It's not based on this only a runway design. That's why I yeah. never like people that would be like, oh, this is straight off the runway. Mm-hmm. Like, but it's not practical. Mm-hmm. It's not built on any foundation of actual wearability. That's why I am a heavy streetwear fashion type of person. Like, I love seeing streetwear and just like interpretations of high fashion being put into just everyday wearability and like you know what i'm saying like yeah i love fashion that's why i mean i might be biased but that's why i like menswear i love menswear menswear is so timeless yeah so classic and just like very well made and like it's durable yeah it's you, you can't People were clowning Gabrielle Union for her menswear look when her and D Wade did their shoot, but I was just like, it's "Bro, just this fly. is fucking iconic!" Like, it's just fly. First of all, you got two iconic niggas standing next to each other, but they're also like married, right? And then they're both style icons in their own. Yeah, because D Wade is a style god. Period. Speaking of style gods, we got to talk about LeBron being a fucking like. fashion bitch (laughs) LeBron (laughs) is a fucking icon his fits he don't miss his fucking like (laughs) press conference fits his like and then plus like just the streetwear and the leisure wear he's been wearing like during the bubble yeah like he he, been getting these fits off like it's no competition <laughs> and it's like he step out it's like a runway and like just like yeah he's a style guy i i love it like i love i love seeing men like put things together that is not just on like 
oh, let me throw on some basketball shorts and a t-shirt or, you right. know, like. It's, it's also because women have to put so much on before they leave the house that men should just do the bare minimum. Put your jewelry on. Right. Accessorize. You know what I'm saying? Like bring bring a put it have a statement piece make your shoes pop like do something let us know that you actually paid attention to what the fuck you put on today lakers won tonight too also um yeah like i feel like lebron is what people try to make russell wilson i mean not russell wilson russell westbrook Westbrook. be like russell westbrook would be taking too many like it's a lot of hits, but it's a lot of misses. It's a lot of, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a lot of bullshit within this. And then it's like, mm, I don't like that. I, I Yeah. And then t- I just feel like Russell Westbrook's like, it is, it's just different for him. Like whenever he is, I guess, attempting a fashion moment, it just doesn't read the same. Like it feels way more forced. Yeah. Whereas LeBron, like, I don't know. It it just feels like LeBron just has a natural swag that I feel like applies to all of his outfits. Yeah. And it just inherently makes everything mesh well with who he he is. LeBron also, even if you look back at some of the things of the gaudy fashions of like the, of like when we were in high school, the old four thing. The Jabos and the jerseys. When you look back he still looks fly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like even the oversized shirts and the, the long, tall white like, tees and, and shit. The Air Forces, he still looks fly in it. Yeah, yeah. So it's a more of a thing of personal style. Mm-hmm. Like LeBron knew how to dress before he had a stylist, and These also his wife be dressing her ass off too. These are also facts. <laughs> She is so fucking gorgeous. I love just a good fashion couple. That's why I love I love Gabrielle Union, but I love the, like her and D Wade together. Because mm-hmm. I feel like ever since they've gotten together, like it's just been nothing but look like that's just that's just the the next level to your power coupledom. I know, well, yeah, like fly as fuck. Yeah, like, like this shit off. I cannot date a nigga who doesn't know how to dress himself. So I niggas out here. Singing. I don't. I don't think I can coach a nigga into you can't coach. fashion or personal style. No, you can't. You have to find that for yourself. Yeah, and it's you got to go through that awkward phase. Yeah, and you got to do that on your own time. Yeah, <laughs> can't be on my time because mm. <laughs> that's a lot of work. Yeah, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of trial and error. And it's just like everything else. You can't coach no nigga to be a successful. <laughs> I can't show you who you are, my nigga. Right. You gotta do an assessment of your skills. I think that might be another thing why I really enjoy fashion and like personal style because I feel like you really have to be like more in tune with yourself to know, you know, what I'm saying like where you're going with your fashion and what you're trying to express. Yeah, and niggas who don't have personal style are <laughs> typically not too in tune with themselves and i just would rather <laughs> have a nigga who knows who he is <laughs> i'm also glad for the quarantine yeah because i was able to get add certain some, things get you some things like okay so i can rock a gold chain 
<laughs> it's like okay so we're just gonna do trial runs of all of this stuff stuff that i would be afraid of. i did get a pair of straight leg jeans and as a nigga with hips with i the, bet i bet they look good yes i was actually surprised especially with the dad shoes proud of you like i, I stepped out the box and i was me. next thing you need is a moto jacket or a leather jacket of some sort. I've always wanted a leather jacket, but I've always been so intimidated. You got to get you a good leather jacket, my nigga. Uh, oh, you should get a leather bomber. Ooh. Bomber. Because you have a bomber, right? Yeah. You already look good in bombers. Get you a leather bomber. I might do it. My denim jacket did come in, too. This shit is lit. Bruh, like, you know what? <laughs> Fuck it. I feel like I'm a style guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm the fucking legend out here in these fucking streets. Like, uh, I'm an accessory guy. Oh, I yeah. know for sure. For sure. Like, hats and shoes for you. I've heard, like, graphic tees are your yeah. vice. Yeah. Like, with I'll, fashion, though. This is a, I love this one, too. This is one of my favorite albums. I feel like that's going to be, um, I'm going to dr- be something that, carries on that's a timeless thing like a good graphic tee because you could do so many things with it like right. you could put it up under you could wear it by yourself you could put it under a good jacket you can dress it up you can dress it down exactly you can play with the colors in it and pull colors out with different you know like it's a lot you can do with a graphic tee i feel like that's one of my staples yeah but but that's also it fits personality wise as far like of course i love music and stuff like that but yeah, knowing your staples is what makes you to that upper echelon. Mm-hmm. Like with the things that work for you and then playing with it. I have always been honored by <laughs> when women be like, you have very good accessories. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I a top that. that's a top notch compliment. It is. Be like, like I remember the first time somebody told me that I'm like, I was telling my sister the other day, Juice always has the best. Like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> If you could describe your style, what would you how would you describe it? I feel like it's a mixture of <laughs> it's a mixture of skinhead. Okay. And streetwear. Look a lot of skateboard influence. Mm. And a lot of old school hip hop influence. Okay. Okay, yeah, that's true. I can see that. My dress style is is straight like sixties mid modern shit. It's like newsboy caps and cardigans and shit like that. Mm-hmm. What would you describe your style? Um, I don't know because I'm so all over the place. I feel like okay, streetwear, I like tomboy straight up, but then. I like, I don't know. I really like the juxtaposition of like a sexy element with a little bit of tomboy or, you know what I'm saying? Like if that, I'm, I'm going to do like a baggy pant, I'm going to do like, like a heel or something. I'm going to do a heel or I'm going to give you some cleavage or midriff or, you know what I'm saying? Like something to kind of girl it up. You know, I don't feel like women express I feel like, I don't feel like women in actual life express that, and that's the lane the niggas secretly love. Is it? 
Niggas love a fucking tomboy mm-hmm. that shows girly elements. Yeah. That's why. That's my favorite. I just. <laughs> I like a perfect. Uh, I like a good balance of things. Like balance. So Valentine's Day is one of my favorite looks because I wore one of my favorite pair of camo pants, Tim's, a bomber jacket, but I had up underneath full blown like lingerie piece, like lace cups strappy on the titties like and uh, i had my bomber jacket on but it was like unzipped enough to where you could like see the detail on the bralette cup but then it was also like cropped and short enough to where you could also see like a little bit of stomach and like some of the lace detail coming so like i like little like girly details like that to kind of balance out the rest of like masculine elements. Yeah, yeah. This was it. This is my favorite outfit. Tim's camos, but a whole ass lingerie piece. That's dope though. That is dope. That's like that is me. Like street style, but add some like thought shit in there. <laughs> Little thoughtish elements. Twelve like percent thought. It's it's same thing as like with me. I've learned that you gotta add a little toxic elements to it. Like you add the gold chain or the earrings, and you be like, okay, you know, I I have a couple of tattoos that you can see. But no, giving off some vibes that I might be not as uh, not carefree, but I'm definitely goofy as fuck. Also, when I when uh she must think that I'm I'm a lame ass nigga, <laughs> and I started thinking about like the shit when Thomas is like I didn't know how much for real nigga you are. I don't think I think people would be surprised by how much of a nigga I am, and I'm a whole ass nigga. Same, I feel the same. I feel like both of us. I didn't want to throw you into my lame ass nigga <laughs> philosophy, but I think people be thinking that we gonna be some bougie at. I think they be think that we're gonna be uh wouldn't say that time we'll like am I African American? Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> So thank you guys for tuning in today to Suburban Pod. If you would like to follow me on Twitter, you can find me at Curvy Brown Girl. And you can find me at a kid named Juice. Some of our music today was provided by our good friend Corey Battle. You can follow him on SoundCloud at DJC Battle. New episodes available every Thursday. <laughs>